Welcome to East Meets West, episode 411. I'm Tom Merritt. And I'm Roger Chang. 411. Wow. The 411. We're giving people the 411 today. On our lives, on everything, I think people know. I would assume they would know what's going on around the world these days. Some of them may not. It's true. I know. Sir, I knew certain people in college who were very assiduously avoiding news, and I asked them why. It's like I got too much to worry about. I don't. I don't have time to you know, think about the news. I've. I, I hear people say that. Like I don't watch the news, but even those people tend to know what's going on. They just sort of, you know, soak it up from indirect sources, probably like references on talk shows or hearing friends talk about it. So I'm. I'm always curious, like. Okay, but how much don't you know? Like, how much news do you get without paying attention? Especially now with social media. Like, people probably, like, yeah, I don't watch the news, but I see everyone on Facebook talking about it or whatever. Oh, I'll see a Facebook or I'll see, like, a Twitter thing. Like, it'll show mm-hmm. up in my, my Twitter feed. It's like, oh, I didn't know about that. And it's weird because I remember around, so 2008, when Obama was elected. And like a few months after that, I just tuned out like out of everything because I was trying to get like a bunch of new shows for the company up and started. My only source of news came from uh, Veronica and Patrick. Like they were just talking to me like, oh, did you hear about this? Like, no. (laughs) Did you hear about this? No. That is the that that's the old fashioned way people got news was talking to other people, you know, for for most of human history. That's that's how news traveled. You just had somebody tell you about. I mean, I guess that's how we get news now. It's just the ways people talk to each other are some sometimes one way or at a distance over the internet. Uh, but but the sort of like you know, did you hear uh, Carol had a baby over in the next village? Oh, that's great news. That's that's the news. I what I've noticed, I think, in the past fifteen years about news is that. Um, there's the stuff that people talk about, but when they talk about it, it's it's usually like some reader digest version that leaves out all the important stuff where it's just like it's like a headline and maybe a couple of names or a date or location. Like what's an example? I'm trying to remember. I was thinking about um, uh, uh, was it uh, was it, it had something to do with COVID and about uh, uh, vaccinating um, uh, vaccinating kids. And at the time, there was very little official information, but there was a lot of like stories that had these proposition. I shouldn't say proposition, but where they do it, it kind of bothers me when news agencies do this. But they say they do the what if, like what if this thing passes? What can you expect? Kind of thing. And there was just a. I I know why that bothers you because usually it's not well done, but that is important to know, right? If you're in a democratic society. Uh, you want to know, like, oh, okay, they want to do this bill. What does it mean? That, that's an important question. It's just that the answers sometimes are not very well constructed. Yeah, or or the way it's framed, mm. it's it's somewhat skewed. It's like why this could threaten your livelihood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. hold, hold it's on. It's not hold like on. an objective. Like, here's what'll happen if this bill passes. Yeah. It's a, like here's how it will ruin society. Yeah. yeah, like this new tax could put you in the poor house. I was like, okay, <laughs> I th- there is a there, there's a and I, I didn't really, I didn't really understand it or appreciate it when someone mentioned about like the uh, the inter- the the entertain entertainment uh, um, aspect of uh, cable news television until like the past fifteen years, is that there are so many 
compete. There's so many competing outlets competing for your eyeballs and your attention that they just sometimes do really outlandish stories. For example, uh, remember what was that flight in Southeast Asia that they couldn't find that they mm-hmm. thought it crashed into the sea? Yeah, the Malaysian Airlines I, flight. I remember CNN like literally doing like these really labored discussion panels with people that didn't really seem interested in being there. They were all asking questions like, where did it go? It's like, this is like the third week you've done this. Like, I'm sure there's other stuff we could go to. And if there's something important about this news story, you could revisit. But were you watching it? Well, yeah. That's see, all they that's, care about. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. I fit into the machine, Tom. Yeah, I yeah, fit yeah. into the machine. No, but that, I mean, seriously, like that's, that's something that I feel like, and I know I've said this before, and I think even on East Meets West, I've said it before, uh, is that we need to get used to information the way we got used to abundant food. We, we, we've evolved our, our brains and our stomachs and everything else for a world of limitations. And so the, one of the reasons that, that health and diet have been such a preoccupation is that in a world where you can get uh, a lot of food, your body isn't evolved to, to handle that. Your, your body is evolved for a world in which sweet things are rare. And that's one of the reasons that we, we tend to eat too many sweets because throughout human history, they've mostly been rare and now they're suddenly abundant. And we've had to learn as a society how to deal with that. And I think we're actually getting better at it. I do. Um, information has only within the last 150 years become as like worldwide become ubiquitous and it's spiked in the past 20 years tremendously so now we're we're dealing with that the green revolution of information where we have way more information than we can handle and we we are not we haven't evolved as a society the ways to make sure we're paying attention to the good information and not just the fattening information which is what the tv networks feed you which is what you're talking about and I think there's a there's a I don't know maybe you've noticed this but there seems to be a creeping level of editorializing in some news stories that seems kind of odd to me. Maybe maybe it's because maybe it's because I'm I'm very sensitive to it. Uh, but sometimes not all stories. In, not in all what stories. kind of news stories too? Like that? Are you saying like you know the straight up city council report in your newspaper? Or are you talking about the the twenty four hour news? You know, and tele- so let me ask you this: when yeah. when a when a news outlet or an agency, I shouldn't say an agency, a news outlet, um, does a story like you know, maybe it is because like they do like what's really going on in yada yada country or what's really behind the mm-hmm. you know the 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 obesity epidemic or the fentanyl, you know, like. Like when they do stories like that, they kind of, I know it's supposed to be a more in-depth story, but sometimes it just feels more like they're, uh, um, I mean. Pushing a point of view. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and and, it, and I don't know. I'm sometimes like, okay, I, I, I can see their point and they, they definitely do have a lot of uh, information regarding this. But for example, during the whole uh, uh, kind of, uh, um, uh, thing around with Trayvon, uh, Trayvon Martin and then uh, uh, the stuff uh, more recently with Black Lives Matters where there was a lot of like defund the police and all that. There was a lot of there was th- there was a lot of voices around it, but nothing that really could <clears throat> explain exactly what it meant because there were so many different people who had different interpretations of it. But at the same time, when you read some of these stories, it felt very like this is what it, you know, this is how it is and this is what they mean 
Um, and I don't, I felt that maybe that was being a little too, uh, um, oh, what's the best way to put it? Like, I think they were, they were, they were, the, the writers were making up their, their mind on what it meant rather than kind of addressing the fact that, you know, you had four or five different groups to, who used the same slogan, but they had different ideas of what it meant in practice. Does it make sense? Yeah, it does. Uh, and I think there's a, there's a multiple number of reasons why that happens and it's not new. It's, it's not like this is, you know, something that just started happening recently. It's, it's been happening a lot for, for years. I think maybe it stands out more because we've had a few more intense and less defined situations, which, which makes those sorts of, of news takes stand out. Uh, it, that kind of take, on you know the fda labeling doesn't get you worked up as much as you know protests that are happening in your neighborhood so i i think the conditions uh sort of bring that out and and it 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 makes the temptation to do it as a writer uh more and and that's one of the other reasons i think it happens is we we tend to want as as readers definitive articles and so articles that have a definitive point of view do better than articles that don't. And it's actually taught in journalism, like, you know, make definitive statements. Don't don't use weasel words in your feature articles, which is what you're talking about. These are feature articles. Yeah. What's really going on behind? Uh, and and I'm uh, even in radio, I was taught, like, have a point of view, even if it's wrong, have a point of view. And so that's what you're seeing is the sort of like, this is what it means, rather than a more academic, like, well, it could mean this or it could mean that, because that story doesn't catch on as well, and it doesn't do as well. So you've got You've got an intense situation that that brings things up. You've got what users, what readers want. Uh, and then I think the other thing is that nobody is objective. Everybody's got uh, subjectiveness. And I, I don't think it used to be better. I think there just used to be fewer sources. And so because there were fewer sources, the objective ones tended to stand out more. Whereas now we have a lot more sources, and so the subjective ones tend to stand out more. They're subjective takes. But every reporter brings in a bias. And the question is, like, are you working hard to combat that bias in your article or not? And that brings us back to the feature article wanting to have a definitive point of view. You're definitely not going to combat your biases as much. Yeah, and I, I'm not really sure if there's a solution or there should be a solution Um do yeah, that and, and because because <laughs> well part of it is people tend to follow news that they kind of agree with right you're gonna follow mm -hmm. you're, you're i'm not gonna file i i, I personally yes and no not. i think that's overblown yeah. i think, think i think people do tend to follow news they're, they want to agree with but but people do seek out there's been some studies like do seek out alternate points of view the problem is when there are so many alternate points of view that you can't find a reliable one uh so more more people want want to read outside their their comfort zone than you might think it's just finding a reliable outside is difficult right now because there's there we don't we broke the system of authority i'm not saying the system of authority before was perfect but at least you had a working system of like here's who i can trust and here's who i can't i can trust the newspaper that comes in the newspaper box i'm not going to trust the pamphlet that somebody handed me on the street now we broke that down and it's it's really hard to tell for for the average person for sure what's trustworthy and what isn't and i think uh you know 
it it really goes to kind of the crux of of what I think is is uh, so so frustrating about some of this is like you know if you you really can't have a discussion I think in in, in certain terms without things getting a little too heated unless it's a topic that's very neutral like I mean you know I you think know, you can. For, you can you yeah you absolutely can i've i've had topics about complex situations with people that that don't get heated it's it's certainly possible so i don't think it's that it's impossible what it's it's maybe i don't know what where are these conversations that you're talking about happening maybe it's the medium maybe it's the that the people you're talking to i don't know uh, you know, like whether it's family members yeah. or, or or just you know people at the courthouse while you're waiting for your court session to start. I feel like um, in in person conversations are way less likely to get heated. Uh, I I have some sincere disagreements with uh, yeah. a friend of mine that I I, I see I'm when I'm sorry, on my dog Tom. walk. I'm sorry, Tom. No, no, it's uh, somebody no. I see on my dog walk. Different oh. than the ones I have with you. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, have, I have sincere disagreements, but because we're face-to-face, we both kind of moderate and, and like, all right, all right, all right, that's fine. You have your point of view, I have mine. I'll kill you. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, I, it's, 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 a very, it's a very curious time because we know more about what people are thinking than we used to, right? Yeah. Like, we didn't have an outlet where people shared their emotions as freely uh, outside of a diary or a journal that and they kept shared them in a medium that is yes. horrible at conveying the emotion. Everything comes across as angry on the, and when you write it. Well, yeah, I mean, like you know, it really, it, you know, fifty percent depends on the writer, but fifty percent depends on the perception of the reader yeah. at the time. And and generally, this has been studied pretty well. When someone reads a message to them on the internet, they tend to read it in the most angry, confrontational way possible. Unless it's coming from mom on Valentine's Day, right? It does depend on the context, but but in general, especially from strangers, you tend to read things in a negative light, not the most positive light. And I've caught myself, I've caught my own brain doing it, where I read something and I'm like, oh, so this person, what this person's doing, it annoys me. And then I'll see who wrote it, and I'll be like, oh well, I know they don't mean that. And it, and suddenly my emotional reaction changes. But it's that that default. Like if a stranger says it, you assume the worst. I always try to make everything I write very short and abrupt. That can make it seem angry. Yup. <laughs> uh, it's, I you know it's. I think I'm I'm curious to know how human society will look in in twenty years time if we've if we've developed not not just the tools but the the the, the social the social structure yeah. uh, in which to kind of filter a lot of these things out. Like, you know, I think we will there's, there's eh. because what, what generally happens is people grow up with the thing that was new and, and look at the older generations are like, why was this so hard? You just do this because when you're young, you, you, you click to those things faster. You know, and it's, uh, it's, it's one of those things that I think, you will, you will have, you you will definitely, I think, have a a, a generational vibe that's very apparent mm. when when that comes to this, where people, like in the same way, our generation had a very good affinity with uh, uh, technology, or when I say technology, I mean like going computers. up on, on dial up or computers wasn't a big deal. It's like, yeah. oh, you just follow these instructions. But my dad was like, I, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I loved broadband because my dad didn't have to figure out how to 
dial like on a modem on this computer and so i think there will be a time where things i'm hoping cross my fingers that uh things will be a little a, a little less uh, abrupt because we we do have essentially three or four generations using a tech technology medium at the same time which i typically i don't think if that's really happened in this in that in that way before in an in interactive medium maybe movies take tv i mean not as interactive though right the telephone would be the most interactive one where you can yeah, actually I mean, talk like, to someone else whereas tv and movies were very one way i mean when if i i do think that there's a there's a a comparison with tech with television where everyone thought oh television it's making everyone dumb and it's harmful to children and you know it's going to hurt their eyes and all these things that you basically hear people talking about with the internet right now and 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 we grew up with tv had had been there our entire lives right so we're like what's the big deal about this you use it for certain things and not for others and now tv's not really controversial everybody talks about well what is the best tv they don't talk about whether tv itself is good or bad and well what's interesting is because of technology people choose the time to watch tv instead of unless it's a very important you know timed event yeah yeah uh, like like a speech or or, or the olympics or something or awards uh, or whatever yeah, yeah people are like well i'll watch it when i get around to it mm-hmm. right which is something you've never had in the 80s i'll watch it when i get around to it I mean, like you he, did, but you had to work but, really hard. You had to yeah, be the person you, who programmed the VCR and then exactly, watched the tape. Exactly, you had to put man- the tape. Yeah, it was, it was, you had to put in the effort. Not Most people didn't. Um, so I I can only imagine what uh, what social ills will, will be born from uh, 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 an online social discourse in 20 years. I think one thing that people undervalue is when they talk about, oh, the divisiveness, it's driven by social media. I don't think it is. I think the divisiveness is driven by TV. It's it's driven by visual media uh, telling us things. And then social media is the nice accelerant, right? The yeah. fuel for the fire is partisan television. Well, and social media is the accelerant. And I feel like the younger generation doesn't watch those TV sources. And so that that fuel is going to dry up over time. So I'm not sure if you've ever heard of the uh, back in the 70s. We talked about it in uh, um, in college, but mean world syndrome, like people who the, the one of the posits was there was a cognitive bias that was that was shifted because as you watched a lot of news, typically news was heavy. And- oh, yeah. No, I studied this yeah. in journalism school. Yeah. I, I know what you're talking about. It's it's the the agenda. It's also under agenda setting. Uh, and, and it's that idea that if you if you watch TV, you think the world is worse because you see the worst things highlighted, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. I know and what so, you're And so it just sounds like it's more of a 21st century version of that. Well, think about it. If you don't have the internet, you still have way more pervasive video, way more number of channels. You, you People forget we didn't have Fox News until the mid-90s mid to late 90s, really. It didn't really catch on until the 2000s. It's new. CNN kept other news out. And CNN was the first alternative to your evening news. It was the first 24-hour news channel in the 80s. So that 24-hour news channel thing, that's still pretty new. And yet everybody just wants to jump to the internet as the cause of everything. And it's certainly affecting things. But 
we are just now entering the mature phase of 24-7 news channels where we have multiple versions of them, not just Fox, MSNBC, and CNN. We've got OAN and uh, all these others uh, that are they're around. So, so to me, I feel like we're missing we're missing it that that is the the bigger element of this divisiveness of this you know lack of of accurate information and and being able to have a discussion and all of that. Well, especially video because video yep. is you, you can show it without commentary and people will draw their own conclusions. Especially oh, but, um, or even better, give them context and then show yes. it to them and they see what you want them to see. Oh, look at this poor man beating this, you know, yeah. uh, or, or uh, getting beaten by this woman, you know, and it's like, well, no, that's, I, it's, I, I always approach those with, uh, with a heavy, with a heavy dose of uh, skeptic, not skepticism, but, but with a clear understanding that there's undoubtedly more to this story than what has been relayed in this clip. I, clips. for my own good, do not watch almost any news video. Uh, I very rarely will watch a video of an event unless I, I think it's incredibly important. I, I read, I look at pictures, but video causes an emotional reaction that clouds my judgment. And and I feel like it is, it is I, I, I have benefited quite a bit. I feel like I'm way less outraged, way less emotional, way less anxious because of that. And yet I still feel informed. I still feel like I know what's going on because I will read about what's going on, but I, I, I do it for my own good. I, and I'm not even trying to say that everybody needs to do that. But for me, it was like, I, I got to get off the crack uh, because if you watch the video, it's just going to continue to make you upset or it was going to continue to make me upset. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, I, I used to be upset, but now I just look at it. And it's like, oh, I, I, I'm imagining there's probably a lot more to this than, than what's, uh, what will be divulged in this particular clip or in this immediate posting. And generally, if it's something that I'm curious about, I will, I will try to learn more about it. But generally I just kind of shrug and say, I'm sure this is probably a clip that was shared five years ago. And it's just resurfaced now because I'm not thought, even talking about misinformation. I'm talking about, I'm talking about actual video of actual trust. things. And so they're not trying to tell you anything's wrong. It will, it will for me, build up a subconscious emotional reaction huh. more so than reading. And, and that's actually studied. Like people, people definitely have more emotional reactions to watching video than, than they have to reading. And so for myself, I'm like, you know what? I, I don't like feeling stressed and outraged all the time about the state of the world, but I also want to stay informed. And so that's how I dealt with it. Yeah, I know. Maybe I've just grown numb to it, but it doesn't, draw i'm sure it definitely uh, has a higher impact on me than than reading about a story but honestly i think over the years it's just kind of been added to the cacophony of noise that i encounter in my daily life do you feel like you are fairly you know objective about the state of the world i mean i got that's a that, that's a useless question because everybody's yeah. gonna say yes like that's like mm, i mean it's feel hard like, to say that. do you feel like uh you would have you would feel better but also accurate about the world if you consume news in another way i think that's the question people should ask i mean you know this is the thing 90 percent of my news ingestion is from reading right it's from from mm -hmm. reading newspapers new york news articles not reading tweets and posts although if something catches my eye about a story and not 
if there's a thing about a particular event, I will look for the event rather than just read up or read the tweet or the the Facebook posting. Like there's an explosion in a gas facility, you know, outside, you know, in Texas. I'll I'll search and see if there's like an uh, a news outlet that has covered it. But I I definitely will not read someone's post that has like outrageous. This is you know a clear violation of blah blah blah. Um, and not to say that it isn't, but I would rather see what exactly has happened uh actually what has been reported on and what the facts are about the situation before i draw any kind of opinion on a on a a story yeah i i almost never see that kind of stuff anymore because a i never use facebook uh and b i i have over the years carefully muted uh deleted or unfollowed people where even if it's not them they're retweeting things that that kind of aren't helpful. Uh, and so I, I tend to have a Twitter, uh, a Twitter feed full of reactions rather than news. And, and so sometimes that's helpful because it'll see people reacting to things and I'm forced to go find like what you're doing because I'm like, what are they, what are they reacting to? But I, I don't follow a lot of people who try to be like, let me tell you what's going on. I, you know, I will add 90% of the time when I see a video on a news outlet uh, related to a story, it's usually a day after I've already read about it. Mm. So I've read all as much information. Do you as, still watch as, the video, though? If it's available, I'll see it. But I'm not like I'm not it doesn't necessarily alter my opinion. Mm. It just gives me it gives me clarity about what's being described, I guess. Also, I mean, it depends on what video I'm watching, I guess. I mean, if I'm watching about floods in New South Wales, you know, I've read about it in the City Morning Herald. I know what areas are affected. Um, and then I see the videos of like, oh, they're, they're, that's the bridge that they're talking about with all the stranded cars where people waiting for rescuers to come by uh, to, to, you know, rescue them. Um, but it doesn't necessarily... I mean, I, I, it's a flood, so it's not necessarily going to alter my opinion watching flood photos. Well, but the uh, flip side of that question is, does watching the video in some way improve your understanding? It gives me, it gives me a much better idea of the scope of, of what's happening. Does it? Like, eh, it does. I mean, it's, it's so one in other thing. words, it changes your emotions around it. I guess. I mean... If if my if if my emotion was neutral before, I mean like I mean part of it is I'm trying to it's, it's hard for me to kind of uh, uh, synthesize exactly w- what changing my emotion would represent. Yeah, you and, mean, that, like, and it's going to be hard for any person because we're talking about subconscious stuff that you 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 might not even be aware of or notice in the moment, right? It's more of a background; it builds up over time, and you don't you know. You don't really realize. Uh, and again, I'm not trying to say you should stop watching video or that anybody should stop watching video, but it wasn't a one-to-one like, oh, I didn't watch this video and I feel better. It was after a month or two of, of holding off watching most videos. I just noticed that I I wasn't reacting to the same way to world events that other people were. I mean, part of it is like my background is in video, like in broadcast. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm very familiar with how a lot of it was is designed to be portrayed. Well, so, so is mine. 
but but I mean, like I like my job was actively to do that. So I, and, you know, I don't know that we're that much different in in being. I, I but but all I'm saying is all I'm saying is if I watch a video of an event, yeah, I don't necessarily feel maybe maybe you as a neutral third party could describe like like do I feel I don't necessarily feel more outraged than I did before. Not in the moment, absolutely not. But that that kind of stuff. It 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 definitely this this is not you or me. This is, uh, this is, you know, psychologically it it does it does build up in your subconscious and and changes. I mean, the way you, you feel. know, and also also, like, why wouldn't I be outraged at certain things though? I mean, like, should I not be? Is is that the state? Like, I should always be. I should. And well, I'm there's not, outrage. I'm not, I, there's I, outrage, right? There's there's well, there's being against something. Like, I think that's wrong, and I think it needs to stop. And I'm going to do something. There's. I am so outraged. I'm anxious. I you know, and I I don't know what to do about this. And I feel like there's. It's proportion. That that's the way to say it. It's it's not. It's not that that being angry about something is always bad. It's just whether it's proportionate. Well, I mean, and then, I mean, I'm not, not, I'm not, I'm not trying to poke holes in your, your argument, but like what's considered proportionate, is it what's considered measured, right? For example, if there is a, if, if, if there is a flood coming my way or a fire, heaven forbid, coming my way and I see, you know, video of large swaths of destruction and I see the hill behind me on fire, which it was four years ago. Yeah. I mean, I I had to seriously consider evacuating where I yeah, live. Yeah, I'm not I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, yeah. right? Like so, so like that, that's it, what. <laughs> but but uh, that's that's taking it in a whole different direction. I, I I'm 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 not trying to say you know don't run away from fires, uh, and I'm certainly not saying you want to get to a point where you're blasé about everything. Uh, it's it's just in general, people complain about like, oh, I just feel like I can't handle what's going on in the world. Uh, and I think I think that carefully examining how you consume the news can help you stay informed and not feel overwhelmed, if that makes sense. Yes, I, I totally understand that. I don't ever feel overwhelmed by the news and maybe a couple of circumstances. Well, you're special. Well, not special. I'm just. I told you, I'm numb. Lots to of a people lot of do things. feel overwhelmed by that. I, I partly, partly is because I care a lot less about certain things, um, and I also, and I think I've mentioned Being this dead before. Dead inside definitely helps. Yeah. I, I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you, you joke, but I think, I think there was a point where I think I mentioned this before in a previous season. Was like, I think there's a limited capacity for caring in any one individual, and I've consciously chose what to care about and what i I think that's super healthy that that's that's one of the principles of cognitive behavioral therapy is is being aware of of what you're giving your energy and your time and attention to and it's it's not to say that you know i i'm 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 indifferent or or apathetic about you know uh, uh about wars or conflict or or you know famine or or natural disasters at the same time, you know, I was talking to my, uh, to my wife about this. Like, you can't, there's so many things day to day I need to worry about to get done. And this, I finally understood when people say, like, I don't have time to care about that. Cause when you are an individual that has to worry about, you know, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta bring my kids to school or I gotta bring them to the doctor. I gotta figure out how to pay for the doctor. I gotta figure out what foods uh, I can feed them that won't make them sick. I have, you know, there's all these other things that crowd your 
emotional mm-hmm. capacity that you selectively start picking up. Well, I know someone in that country because they're my friend. So I care about what's happening. So let me check in with them or their family just to see how they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but and checking like, in directly with people in that situation is the best thing. Right? Oh, and it's weird because sometimes when you check in with people, they have a very drastic um, uh, viewpoint of what's happening as opposed to what is what what might be intimated or at least alluded to if you just watched only the news. Yeah, drastically different for sure. It's like, yeah, I, I guess some people like the, the, the I, fires. And- I I was going to say when we were having the fires in California, I had lots of friends checking in if I was okay. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. The fires aren't near me. <laughs> Thankfully. I mean like, you know, other than the, the big hill that was on fire all around me and I could see it every day. And well, ashy. that was the other thing is the one, <laughs> the one day we had a fire within a couple miles of us where I really was concerned. Nobody checked in with me because it didn't make the national news that yeah. partic- that particular fire. So yeah. Yeah, there is a difference. Um, yeah, you know, it's, you know, and part of it is I think I think you hit on it. It's like we need to have, uh, uh, we we need to reach a point where we know how to we know how to filter, we know how to sift. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's gonna be different for everybody. There's not like a yeah. one size fits all for that. Um, you know, and and part of it is like people are all different. Some people care about other things more than other people. Yeah, and that's okay. Thanks for being with us, folks. Uh, you can find all of our episodes at subbrilliant.com slash EMW. We've been doing it for 17 years. So oh, my God. Two more back- years. and One more year will be an adult. <laughs> yeah. Plenty of back episodes. Talk to you soon. Bye.